You are listening to The Essentials Podcast, episode number six, recorded live July 8th, 2013. Good evening, everyone. Welcome July 8th to The Essentials Live Chat. We are so glad that you are listening to us, watching us this week. We're excited to jump in and talk about... uh, Controversial topic sometimes, sometimes an ignored topic, sometimes something that we don't even just think about. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare, uh, mainly talking about angels, demons, and Satan. Tonight uh, we are giving away a book this evening, great book called uh, Tempted uh, and Tried. I encourage you to make a comment or ask a question over on the chat on the right side, and then you'll be put into a drawing to win this book. Or, if you're just listening to us via podcast during the week, if you want to get entered into the drawing each week, you can simply uh, ask a question via the website, and we'll put your name in the drawing each week. So, you have an opportunity to win something each and every week. We'll get started tonight talking about angels, demons, and Satan. Tonight, I'm joined by Paul. Hello. And Derek. Welcome. Tonight, Derek is going to lead our conversation, and uh, we'll answer questions, and then we'll interrupt when you have questions and comments via the chat on the right side of your screen. We're really excited to have you tonight. Anything uh, out of the ordinary? How's everybody's 4th of July? Anybody doing any traveling? Yeah, actually I got the opportunity to go to Pier, um, see the beautiful river, got to do some tubing, though I will say the people we are tubing with were a little more family friendly <laughs> than Mr. Anderson. Typically when we go out on the tube with Anderson, it's a little more wild and crazy than with the family friendly tubing situation. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I'm glad you made it back in one piece. Of <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I spent a little time on the water also. went to the lake for a few days and uh, didn't shoot any fireworks, but got to enjoy the cash expenditures of others as I watched all the fireworks <laughs> that they spent money on. So I really appreciated that. Good. And then uh, if you're watching right now on Monday night, I'd encourage you in the bottom of your video screen there, if you um, put your cursor over the video screen, a little bar will come up in the bottom. Make sure that if there's a red button next to where it says live, make sure that that's red. That means you're watching live. If that's not red, you're watching a recording right now. You're not watching live. And then there's a little gear. Go to that gear, click that gear, and go up to 480p to get the best picture possible. And that's the best we can do at this time. So thanks for joining us tonight again. Derek is going to lead our conversation. Let's jump in talking about angels, demons, and Satan. Yeah, so... What we've been doing here is the Essential Series. The Essential Series is based upon a few foundations, and like we've talked about in prior chats, um, we sort of like to spin off the live chat based upon what material is presented in the sermons on Sunday mornings. So Richard, since you gave the sermon, can you give us a brief overview of some of the subjects that you covered last Sunday to get our viewers up to speed with what we're going to be discussing? Yeah, uh, yesterday we had a sermon on Satan, basically, and and uh, the evil one, Satan the evil one, and the non-negotiable yesterday that that, uh, Scripture teaches is that we are in a constant battle with Satan who seeks to thwart the work of Jesus. Basically reminding us that in life we're in a constant battle against uh, something that we don't see, someone that we don't see. And then also, uh, so we talked a little bit yesterday about what Satan does, what we need to watch for, that Satan is constantly on the attack via lies and deception. And then we also talked about some practical application would be two things. One is prayer. We need to be praying that God would make us aware of where Satan is active and also praying against the activity of Satan. And then secondly, doing some self-examination to see if we're listening to any lies of Satan. 
So again, non-negotiable. We are in a constant battle with Satan, who's always trying to go against Jesus. And then practical application was prayer to for awareness, pray against Satan, and then also examining our lives to see if we're buying into any of Satan's lies. Yeah, I think I think that's a great practical application, but we really want to get down to it. We want to look at what is that non-negotiable? Like, where does that come from? And I think in order for us to get an understanding of the non-negotiable, we maybe need to start with, well, who is Satan? Um, what is Satan? You know, when I, I think today in today's culture, there's lots of images and views and, and understandings of Satan, the devil, evil one, someone who controls all evil, those sorts of things. Can, can one of you guys expand upon for our viewers, what is a true biblical definition of who is Satan? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start a little bit. I'll, um, we know that Satan is a fallen angel, so we know that at one time he was an angel. We don't know specifically why he fell from heaven, but um, he sinned. We know that he was prideful. Um, it caused him to be um, cast out of heaven. And now he's become um, basically a, probably the, we could call him the chief adversary of God, probably. Um, and I thought, Rich mentioned this yesterday in his sermon, I thought this was a really, really critical point to remember, is that Satan is a created being. And as you said, he's not the opposite of God. So he's not, it's not God here, Satan here on a level playing field, duking it out with each other. Um, Satan is a, he is a created being. He's lesser than God. He's far lesser than God. At the same time, he's a formidable foe. He has real power. Um, he's devious. He can wreak havoc in the world, and he does. Um, but, but he's not equal with God. I think that's a key, a key thing. But we do know. I think the idea of adversary to me is is helpful in understanding what Satan is. He's he's constantly working against God and against humans um, in a number of ways, but that's kind of his his chief uh, objective, I guess, is to oppose God and to oppose his people. Yeah, the only thing I would add is that J.I. Packer, I think, sums it up nice by saying, Satan is a creature, superhuman, but not divine. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to look at Satan. And, and even in your definition, Paul, of Satan, you brought up a word. You said, Satan was a falling angel. And I think that that should shift our conversation a little bit. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that we can draw more clarity can maybe we start talking about, well, what's the definition of an angel then? If Satan was a fallen angel, maybe we can find some more clarity in who Satan is by looking at the definition of an angel. And that's Mm -hmm. part of our discussion tonight. So maybe we can elaborate on that, get a clearer understanding of what is Satan in himself. Yeah, angels in the very simple of senses are God's messengers. Uh, Angels are, again, created created beings, created by God. Um, They are agents. Um, We don't exactly know what type of agents, but they can come in bodily bodily form. Um, they're able to show themselves to humans in different different ways. Um, sub, angels are subject to Jesus. We see that in Hebrews chapter 1, that he, angels are not um, in a greater authority. They're not part of the divine trinity. They're not part of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but they're created beings under the authority of God. They play a variety of roles in the history of Christianity, the history of the Old Testament, we see that angels are sent as uh, messengers to give warnings. We also see that angels appear at different times um, to help God's people, maybe free one of God's people from jail or something so that the gospel continue on. So we see that God, I look at them as basically God's agents for what God wants done. And uh, that's maybe a too simple way of looking at it, but they're at God's beckoning call, just like all of us are, but they're 
again, a, a different than a human being. Yeah, it it may be a general description, like he said, but I think it's it may be as accurate as we can get because it's difficult for us to know exactly how angels are are working working and functioning at any given time. Um, we don't always probably know how they're interceding or how they're perhaps appearing to us or to others on earth. Um, there's a lot of a lot of unknown there, I guess, other than um, I'll add this, this line from uh, J.I. Packer, and he says, if at any time we stand in need of their ministry, we shall receive it. <laughs> That's kind of open-ended, but it's comforting in a way because we know that that God has these these angels at his at his beck and call, and they're they're here to help us, here to serve us when needed, even though it may not always be clear how or when or why they're doing that. That that's an interesting thought. I mean, how many of us really ever have come to the point of saying, "God, send your angel right now, please. We need a a ministering spirit to bring um, hope or to bring." In, you know, we have this thing in our culture sometimes we talk about, "Oh, their personal angel." help them through that and but I think it's said more on a level of kidding than it is an actual level of seriousness that where God does have messengers available to, to do his work. Yeah, I think that's a powerful point. Um the next question we were going to talk about, which I think you covered, was the idea that are angels things of the past? Or do you guys believe or have moments in your life that you can talk about where angels have furthered your ministries if we define angels as as how God works? Or maybe even another question, which may be interesting for our viewers, is how do you distinguish the work of God through angels versus through the Holy Spirit? So if we're if we're if the Holy Spirit's guiding us along in our personal walks, what agency or what form do angels take today versus how the Holy Spirit works today? Yeah, it's <laughs> that's tough. It's difficult for me to answer that personally, and part of it comes from maybe my own personal just feelings or inclinations. Um, I think. Some people have more of a, an awareness or an inclination towards believing that angels are all around us, that they're constantly intervening. Um, and I certainly believe, based on Scripture, that that can, can be the case and very well could be the case. At the same time, my own personal experience, this could just be my own discernment or perception. I, I don't always feel that that's necessarily the case. And I... I don't want to say whether I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm probably one of those that doesn't necessarily at least perceive the fact that angels are constantly at work affecting me directly. Um, so <laughs> that's not much of an answer to the question other than I'm kind of saying I, I really don't know how to answer that. All I can do for myself is look at Scripture and say I know that they do work and that they can work and that they very well might be working, but I don't know myself necessarily how to know that they are in my own life. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't give any testimony of I know that an angel was on 26th Street and Min- and uh, Cliff. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thing. Uh, I trust that God has intervened at different times um, in different ways. You, uh, you hear testimonies every once in a while. Uh, I believe one of the distinguishing differences between the Holy Spirit obviously is divine. The Holy Spirit is God. Angels are not. The two things that come to mind with the work of the Holy Spirit. One is the Holy Spirit brings out about, about brings about a profession of faith. So wherever the Holy Spirit is working, people come to faith in Jesus and say um, they have a conviction of sin. It tells us is the role of the Holy Spirit, and then also regeneration. So it causes someone to believe. And then secondly, we see that the Holy Spirit brings about 
um, godly character in us, the fruit of the Spirit. I believe angels have more of a role of protection and more of a role of uh, intervene in human activity. The Holy Spirit intervenes as well, but in a different way. Or an angel can't regenerate someone. That can only be done by God. Uh, mm-hmm. Through the to God, the Holy Spirit doing that to us. Let me just follow real quick, maybe if you'd speak to this. How, how important is it, do you think, that we that we have some understanding of what... I mean, does it, does it matter, I guess, like from... From what I just said a minute ago, it doesn't matter if I'm not sure what angels are doing or when they're working or not. I'm just curious what you guys think. That's the only reason. I'm I don't asking. see anything. I, I, personally, I think the greater danger is elevating them beyond what they are. I think that person. I think that's the greater danger is that you get this obsession with angels. Yeah. Um, again, I don't see any command anywhere that we. I don't think we speak to them. Um, it's God again working. I. I kind of. I don't have a great answer to that that as well i guess mm-hmm. and, and i agree i don't i don't think i do either and i think it plays into the question and, and it gets into our next little step um we got some great questions going on in the chat right now which we're going to get to in a minute but i want to finish the angel discussion mm-hmm. before we get into the chat questions but one final thing if, if we're struggling to differentiate that a little bit what are some practical things that i can do or the viewers can do to to engage with this with this essential truth right that angels exist in the world today is it just one of those things where we say it's in the mystery of God. The angels just sort of work, ignore them, and focus on things you know about. Or are there things that I can be doing to live out this essential? What, what are sort of what would be a non-negotiable about angels, or something that I could take and practically apply that truth to my life today? To me, the non-negotiable is from Hebrews chapter one, where angels uh, are ministering spirits of Jesus Christ. They are below Jesus. So the practical application of that would be: Am I going to be obsessed with seeking out? angelic um, um, encounters, or am I going to seek out um, how to follow Jesus Christ? I, I think that, am I going to be obsessed, or am I going to just say that God is at work in different ways around around the world? But there's just not a lot of great, clear teaching, again, with what Jesus has revealed, God has revealed to us through His Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's being faithful in prayer, um, asking God for help, praying to Him for help, and then Knowing that angels may be one way that he makes, you know, that he brings help to you. But the fact is, we don't worship angels. Um, so, you know, to me, the prayer is the prayers to God, and God uses what he has at his disposal. In some cases, it's angels to accomplish those purposes. That's I agree. Really good. So, we've talked now. We define Satan as a fallen angel. We've got some great discussion now going on. We, we made the point that Satan is part of creation, that Satan is not a God, that Satan is not on the same playing field. Which brought up the question then, does God love Satan since he's a created thing or not, or not since he is the evil one? I'm not sure what an appropriate feeling toward the devil here hate. We had a couple replies that say, you know, I can't say that God hates anyone. Um, he can be disappointed and he will punish them. Um, a little understanding about how Satan is, but then, so we've got some back and forth there. Do you guys have any opinions on that? Maybe you guys can read the commentary there in the chat and then sort of and, and analyze that a little bit. I haven't thought of this before. I'm going to be honest. I always assumed a position of hate thing. That uh, I mean, my back uh, should be torn, turned against um, Satan because uh, he has been opposed to the to the work of um, to the work of God. And it's in a different realm. It's not. I'm not hating another human um, that's said to be created in the image of God. So, for example. Um, the reason that 
it's so bad to murder someone, and that we see this in different spots about because that person is created in the image of God, or to curse someone. I, I'm cursing the image of God. I can't. And 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 uh, and so I think there's a distincting difference between uh, humanity and angelic beings and um, demons and Satan in that sense. I uh, maybe I'm drawing a line here that many haven't thought about before or whatever, but that's where I draw the line in the sense of I'm fine. I, I don't think God is condemning us for hating Satan. Thing I I think that um, we need to be against the chief. What'd you say? He's the Adversary. He's the chief adversary. Um, chief of deception in the chat room. Yeah, he's the chief of the deception. He's the chief adversary. Let's go after the chief of deception. Let's go after the chief adversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's not created in the image of God. He's not going to be redeemed. Uh, we see promises in Scripture that of where his eternity is at. And so I, um, I don't. I, I have a hard time saying that it'd be wrong to hate Satan. Again, I'm not drawing a line here. I don't want to quote something that I'm not totally sure on or thing. But from the top of my mind. I don't see anything wrong with hating Satan. It's a different relationship than human beings. Yeah. I think, you know, you have to say too, Satan represents um, pure evil. So he's, he's everything that God is not in terms of goodness and love. And again, I don't have a great answer to that either other than to say, you know, God out of out of love and compassion may grieve that satan fell from heaven you know as satan was once one of his own um but it's also very clear from scripture that that there is a hell there is an eternal reality apart from god and what i would say is that everything we've we know and what we've seen so far is that satan is going to be kind of in command of that realm to some extent so it it's hard to say that <laughs> that God loves him for me. You know, it seems like he Satan is destined to eternal torment and separation from God. Now, to be blunt, I mean, I hate Satan. Uh, that doesn't make it right, or it doesn't make it yeah. wrong. I, mean, I would hope someone would correct me if I'm uh, missing some scripture here that I uh, some revelation from God mm-hmm. on this on this issue. But again, I'm coming from a position that that's been my understanding. Yeah, I, I think I think that's an, an appropriate understanding. I, I don't know if we know enough. I think it's an interesting concept to say that that in the beginning of Packard's chapter on angels, he makes a clear distinction. He says, angels are one of two sorts of, of personal beings that God created. Humankind being the other one. Mm-hmm. So Packard's making a distinction. We've got humankind and we've got this angels, which includes Satan, demon, and, and angels as we mm-hmm. see them. That could be a valid point to say that humankind in of itself created in God's image it is a separate class all its own. And, and scripture really when speaking towards some of those commands really are speaking to humanity. So we may need to ask the question when we're doing biblical interpretation is God revealing stuff about humanity or about this other agent? And there may, may need to be some discussion on that. I think that's good. I think the, the chat room's throwing up a lot of good stuff on that one. He asked a question too. Well, should we be praying for Satan's redemption. That's, I mean, I, I don't really ever don't, hear that. I don't think we see any evidence of. Again, I'm going to go back to humanity created in the image of God, um, and they're the focus of of redemption. We don't see anything in Scripture about um, demons or angelic beings being redeemed. Right. Um, thing. So. Yeah, that that's a good a, question. There's a big difference there. And to, I think to me, that's good... what sets it apart a little bit is that we don't think of satan in that way we think of satan more as he has a definite role as god's adversary as 
we got an interesting comment yeah, going on here. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to bring up the question now in regards to that. Um, one of the people in the chat room said, there are humans that existed that will not be saved because they committed sin so terrible that they can't be saved. Are they to be hated? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's an interesting question being brought up here. Yeah, I again, I'm going to draw the distinction. I do believe we are commanded um, to not hate another human being no matter what level of sin what level of uh, rebellion this person has committed against us personally, against humanity, or against whomever thing. Um, now, this is not easy thing. It's, I mean, there, some people have terrible things done to them. I don't say this lightly at all. Um, in the midst of that, we've got to ask for strength from God alone to be able to extend that hand of forgiveness. Um, and so it's not allowable even to hate a human being for, um, for, for wrongdoing. Um, and again, I'm drawing a distinction between humans and demons, or Satan, or angelic, or angelic beings. Um, even someone who has, let's say they've committed the unforgivable sin, there's still not an allowance in that thing to treat the person as someone who's committed an unforgivable sin. There may be separation from church, there might be disassociation, but that doesn't mean that we can all of a sudden now start beating that person. That, that's a difference. And, you know, in church discipline... You might sin against me. Doesn't mean I can hate you. It might mean we have to dis dismiss you, um, but doesn't allow me to hate you. No matter what I've done. No matter what you've done. Yeah. Thanks. I've, I've had some interesting passages of scripture here that they're bringing up in the chat room, which is great. So I th that's definitely interesting. I think there's more to be flushed out there. Maybe I can give you guys some time to think on that and have some closing comments later about that subject. What I'd like to do is make sure that we continue on down the line and we get into demons, because that's an important topic. And Paul had already defined Satan as a fallen angel. I, I believe that the common definition of demons then would be they're just falling, fallen angels. Can, can someone give me a concise definition then of separation between Satan and demons and then how demons should be looked at and viewed as in who they are and what they are for us? Um, I would start by... Saying that demons and Satan are similar um, in that they're um, de demons themselves would be spiritual beings um, that that again are they're non-human so they they operate in the spiritual realm they do have power um, just to answer your question directly I guess I look at Satan as being kind of the the leader of of the demons he has some kind of authority over the demons they're his. I guess subjects or workers maybe in some sense he's utilizing them um, demons on their own I in my feeling they would I would say they don't have a lot of authority on their own as as much as they're being commanded by by Satan mm -hmm. I could be wrong in that that's that's my thought um, Rich do you have anything to add no I, mean, I think that we see demonic activity in in the ministry of Jesus quite a bit and uh, Satan is is trying to put a last stop effort in a sense during Jesus's ministry. We see J.I. Packer bring this up a whole bunch. It's it's more intense. We see more demonic activity during Jesus's ministry because Satan's making a last ditch attempt that mm -hmm. he's got one last chance here to stop the working of God thing. And he knows that if Jesus gets done what he came to do, he's defeated. And so I think that's one reason we see more demonic activity then than we do now. But at the same time, um, you talk to people from other countries and other parts of the world, they 
they say they see a lot of demonic activity as well, and we may see a lot of demonic activity in our own country, it just doesn't come in the same form. I mean, maybe the devil's winning by having his demons do things that doesn't bring them attention, so what do we do? We just dismiss the possibility of demons, so therefore, we don't even fight against demons. Thing. We just simply ignore them and let them continue on their, on their way. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a great point, and, th and that alludes to what we're, what we're going to get into in a second, and, and the chat room is even getting ahead of us a little bit, saying, what, the, what does demonic activity look like today? Uh, can, can I read scripture? Can I read the New Testament and say, okay, I see this story, there were demons in this person, they, they manifested physical manifestations of the demonic activity. Can I expect to see that in today? Like, is that something I should be looking mm -hmm. for? I know you meant, and to add to that, so you can add to your answer, you say demonic activity increased as Jesus was here and then maybe as done. Does the point when someone says, whenever we're trying to do good for God, that we should be aware that demonic activity would increase, mm -hmm. is that a valid point? So kind of address those two things. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... In some sense, it's like the, the discussion we had on angels where it is, it's difficult to know in a certain situation, is this demonic, is it not, um, how how involved are they right now, how active are they? Um, some of it, again, comes from our, our perception. Like Rich mentioned, in other countries, you see a lot more of a feeling that demons are actively involved. I think some of that can be just our perception. Um, I read... I read this somewhere, and I apologize for not being able to quote. It may have been a, another Packer source. Um, some of what maybe in previous days would have been known as as demonic activity may now be better understood to be just some sort of mental illness or something like that. Um, that's not to say someone is always right or wrong. It's just I'm trying to get back to that point where it's difficult to discern sometimes if it really is demonic activity. I think what might might set it apart if there's a way to discern this in a certain situation is that the demonic activity be something specifically spiritual and against God um, rather than you know I don't know like a sore big toe I don't know that that necessarily is is something that's actively against God now again I'm just throwing this out there I know some I think the, the demon it's again I'm going to maybe go a little different route on it and that I'm going to say I'm going to answer the question from one of our guests here, what role do demons play today and how can we fight against them? Because I believe demons today are seeking to actively oppose any advancement of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So anytime that we're seeking to take the message of Jesus to people who have not heard the message of Jesus, there's going to be active opposition. We see this in a couple of different places in the New Testament where Paul is praying that uh, he'd open the minds of unbelievers and guard them against um, the evil one and and free him from the chains for the proclamation and things like that. So I think Satan um, seeks to stop the advancement of the gospel. Um, but then also Satan just seeks to stop um, anything that's going on in regards to the kingdom of God coming. So any obedience to Jesus, Satan's going to look for an opening. Uh, and then Satan at any time is just, anytime we get a little bit of a lie or deception, just opens the door for Satan. Sometimes he plants the lie, sometimes he plants the deception, because, as Jesus tells us, he is a liar, so therefore... He lies, and uh, he seeks to deceive us. Um, and I, I know that Satan just tries to get in on that stuff and fight against us. But bringing it back to, okay, how do we discern if it's Satan or whoever, I'm going to say, maybe ask a different question. I'm asking the question, how can I discern 
if this is of God. That's what I'm seeking. Is, is this of God? If it's not of God, it might be Satan, it might be the flesh, it might be the world. I guess in my opinion, who cares which one of the three it is? It's not of God. I want nothing to do with it. So I want to ask myself, is this of God? Does it exhibit the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Does it exhibit the, um, the, scripture, the teachings of Scripture that people are saying Jesus is Lord? If it doesn't exhibit that stuff, it might be Satan. It might be the flesh. It might be the world. But one of those three, I don't care. It's against God. I don't want anything to do with it. So that, we need to discern, is this of God thing? And if it's not, it might be Satan. Yeah, I, I think that that's powerful. And one of the key things when looking at that is in the sermon we talked a lot about Satan being the chief of deception. And I think the key that the Richard's getting at and alluding to in the practical senses, like some of the chat rooms use the word tools, what tools do demons use? And I think it's, it is truly the idea of minor deceptions in that truth that we really need to focus on what is God's purpose or what is God trying to do or what can I do to bring glory to God in this versus what is Satan actively trying to do. So it may be very hard to detect what is Satan, but it may be very easy to see that this is not God's. Could you give us some more, like some examples of that? I think Richard covered a few in his sermon. Do you have a new one of, of just some little things where, where, where they're just trying to deceive a little bit? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, uh, let's just take something like temptation in general. We know that Temptation is something that we're dealing with constantly. Now, Satan and or demons can very well be at work in that. They could be, um, I don't know, increasing the temptation, bringing more temptation, somehow being at work in that. But to me it comes back to, again, not knowing exactly what role they're playing in that or how large of a role. To me it comes back down more to the practical side of saying, what am I doing to fight temptation? And I'm doing that through prayer. I'm doing that through, um, you know, reading God's word. And so I'm staying grounded in those things. And I'm, again, this goes back, Rich, you kind of mentioned staying more God-focused rather than demon-focused mm -hmm. and saying, okay, God, empower me by your Holy Spirit. Strengthen me against this temptation. And so it comes back to me there is, regardless of what role demons are specifically playing there, I know that I need to pray for strength against temptation. And in doing that, in James chapter 4, mentions he says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what you're doing in that prayer and in fighting that temptation is you are thwarting Satan, you're thwarting the demons, they're fleeing from you in that. And that, for me, that's my, my practical application in that. And my practical thing would be, I, I think that Satan... Um, is willing to use anything he can. So I'll just use a personal example. So like right now, personally for myself, I'm undergoing some just some stomach difficulties of, of health things that I've had for a while, and um, it's not a major thing at all, thing, but just some different stomach troubles. Um, do I think the stomach troubles are from Satan? No, probably not. Probably not uh, just flesh, flesh issues. Um, but at any moment, I think Satan can use that to try and discourage me, or Satan can even plant things in me to make me more of a victim mentality. Woe is me. I can't do a lot right now. I need to, mm -hmm. thing or whatever. Or Satan can try and demotivate me from maybe entering into a new healthy lifestyle or anything. So I think Satan can, I got to be careful that Satan doesn't take that physical thing that I'm dealing with and use it to kind of leverage it to move me away. So he might plant doubts in my mind like, well, how can a good God let you under, 
undergo that. And this is an extremely a minor thing, thing, mm-hmm. but but you know you're serving God. Well, you, shouldn't you think? You know, I think this can happen across the board. Satan can just take a little thing and try and drive that wedge into whatever. So for anybody, it might be something at work that hey, so, your boss might be treating you unfairly right now. Satan just drives that wedge in. Well, if your boss is treating you unfairly, don't work so hard. Show up late for work. Just cheat on your time card a little bit. I mean, what's wrong with that? Your boss is doing it, and your boss is treating you poorly. So again, Satan can use that door. Is Satan causing your boss to do that? I don't know, but we know that Satan can just cause a bunch of havoc in different ways there. Yeah, and I think I think as we wrap up our discussion on angels, demons, Satan, um, if you have questions about that further on, continue the discussions in the chat. Throw up some questions. You'll notice at the bottom of the page there's a nice little value. And, and when we hear with Richard is caring and stuff, we would love if you have personal questions, things you want to talk about. You know, how is Satan working in your life? Because a lot of times, like Richard's saying, not all of us have stomach pains that Satan's twisting in our mind. We may have marital things. We may have worries. We may have doubts. We may have fears. We're willing to help talk through that as well. And so feel free to post that up. Feel free to discuss that too. Um, I think we're coming to about the time where we get to do a giveaway here. So um, do we want to try to get that pulled up here. And well, right now in our in our chat room, I'm just looking at some of the people who are in our chat room thing. Uh, last week we gave away a meal to Shannon. So Shannon, you're gonna be contacted real soon to come over for your fresh pork loin meal. We'll get on that this week, hopefully, and get you invited over sometime tonight. We got uh, one, two, three, four, five guests I see in our chat room right now. So I need is I need. Uh, numbers one through five. I need someone to uh, say a number um, one through five. We'll go with uh, Derek tonight. Pick a number one through five. Who's going to get the free book? So three. Three. Roger, you are the winner of the free book. Roger, thanks for joining us tonight. If you would, Roger, I'm going to put my email address here. If you'd send me an email with your address, you can. We will have the book delivered to your house in two days. Roger, please send us. Send me. Your address at my email, and we'll get you a book entered. We'll get your book sent to you. So let's let's wrap up the discussion. One final question from the chat room. Mm-hmm. Quick address this. says, what do you think about things like Torah, psychics, ghosts? Those sorts of things in the world today. I just very simply, um, I look at that as, how is that moving me towards a life of honoring God or advancing the, the will of God or God's love, God's um, patience? I don't see how those things advance in, advance in a positive way, uh, the, the will of God. So therefore, um, what's my, sorry, I'm going all over the place here. What's my motivation for being involved with them? That's, I guess, that's my question I'd ask. What's my motivation? Good answer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> sorry. Paul sorry. agrees with what Richard said. And I, and I think that that's, I think that's a great answer. Um, a lot of times um, in the world today, when we get boil everything down to the essentials, the world exists today. Angels, demons, Satan, you can put whatever toppings you want on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we live in a world that's in a constant spiritual battle with things. We can be deceived, we can be changed, you can call it whatever you want. And they, can, and, and they are dangerous, like they're saying in the chat room, they are dangerous things. You can call it whatever you want. It really boils down to the fact that we really need to focus on fighting the good fight for God, working through what God would have us do in order to conquer these things. Right. Knowing these forces are there and they're working against us, but ultimately the focus is on God. And Rich made that point. I mean, that's to me that's the, the big takeaway, practicalness, 
is just uh, focus on God, loving and serving Him. Yep, so fortunately we run out of time this week. I'd like you to continue if you want to keep chatting in the chat window. The chat window will be up. We can keep talking back and forth about a few more of these things. But the video has to go down. We thank you for being part of the chat this week. And uh, see you next week, this coming Sunday, Sunday, July 14th, a special sermon on life after death. You're not going to want to miss this opportunity to get some biblical wisdom on life in heaven, life in hell. Uh, we can face death with confidence. Join us this Sunday. Invite a friend, Sunday, July 14th. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.